Headley. The Bobbert and Podcast Show sponsor. Kinky, so kinky, because he gives. We can fly. Dun, chicka, dun, 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 chicka, dun, dun, 10,000 songs about Texas. Dun, chicka, come on, Kathy, sing along. Dun, chicka, dun, 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 chicka, dun, dun, dun. What will we do in Texas? We'll stick our finger right in somebody's pooter hole. That's what we'll do in Texas. Oh my God. I, I can just see. I can just see the potential, Kathy. The potential for Texas kinky loving? Lots of no, actually, I see <laughs> no potential for Texas kinky love, Elden. But, but I am going to you goddamn going. Texas. Yes, you are. You're gonna be a Texan. You're gonna get a big hat. I'm gonna get the belt. Well, I talked to Enigma earlier today. We did his segment, and uh, and I am supposed to get a belt buckle. <laughs> supposed to get a big Texas belt buckle. Well, he said I'm supposed to get. You know, well, I don't know. This is going to be after that, so I'm not going to give away. But he told ah. me some Texas stuff. Does Enigma know his Texas stuff? He does because he's quite Texasy. <laughs> so I never knew that about him. Why don't we get into the show okay. and then we'll tell the fucking kids about some shit about fucking Texas? <laughs> All right. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised, and if you don't like it. Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. Yay! Yay! Oh my god, what the hell was that? I don't know, probably one of my 5,000 demons trying to escape. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording live from our laptops, and thank God everything is working well. Thanks, no doubt, to the podcast gods that Boogie and I have been praying to and giving offerings to all week. You are Kathy. (laughs) And you're Boogie. (laughs) And together, we form the entity that is Kathy and Boogie. Some, you sounded like some weird science fiction amalgamation of Kathy and Boogie, like some monster or something. That would be cool. Remember that? Remember Saturday Sci-Fi where it was like Godzilla and the creature from the Black Lagoon? Oh, and like and giant robot and all giant of Giant robot that shot his fucking <laughs> missile fingers and shit like that. It was amazing. <laughs> I love that one. Fucking Gamera. You could almost see the string and the turtle hanging with the sparklers inside its arms. It was so so bad. bad. So, but it was amazing. Like as a kid in the 70s, you're just like, fuck! That was the coolest thing in the 70s. That was excellent. Jesus Christ. Now everything's all that, you know. BGs or something, the CGI or whatever they call that stuff. <laughs> the BGs. The BGI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a mood, Kathy. I can tell. <laughs> I'm in a mood because I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know what to feel. 
Well, you're about to undergo a huge transition, and what's making it worse is you don't really know what's at the other end of it. You're kind of flying blind here. I announced it to the patron, you know, because I got to give them some stuff, you know, because they support and stuff like that. So I told them like two days ago, I finally sitting in the parking garage in like 95 degrees for seven hours after frying in storage and just literally I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I, I can't. So I've been looking for places day in and day out and cars and all sorts of stuff. Finally. So finally I call in my favor to Texas, my friend of 16 years, Leah fucking Spencer and Kathy, you have to from now on because I'm going to be there for a couple months. You uh-huh. when you say Leah, you can't say Leah. You have to say Leah Spencer or Leah fucking Spencer. Now, does she know we're using her full name here? Yeah, she does. Of course, ah, she doesn't okay. give a fuck. She's Texas. <laughs> She'll gorilla glue your fucking door closed at three in the morning. Oh, she's that kind of a Leah Spencer. Oh yeah, Leah. Oh my god. I mean, you think I'm nuts? She scares me. Yowza. That's that's the the level of intensity La Guerra wow. is in uh, in uh, in Texas because she is straight up Texas, but she's an amazing person. And she was actually back in the MySpace days. I had a a page called Songs About Tom, and I did all songs dedicated, fucked up songs dedicated to MySpace and MySpace Tom, who was the creator of MySpace. And I had a big, I had like forty thousand followers. And Leah was one of them and she always, you know, liked it and whatever. And of course she was hot. And, and so any attractive woman that gives me attention, I'm, I'm in love with. Of course. And, uh, and we just developed a friendship and then we started talking on the phone and I have never met Leah Spencer, but we have literally gone through some shit. Oh, hold on a second here. You've what? never met her. I have never met Leah Spencer face to face. I have spent probably 10,000 hours talking to Leah Spencer. Wow. On the phone, uh, you know, at, at times up to three, four hours a day. Uh, just, you know, throughout the end, there's a couple of years we, we didn't hang out, you know, as much. And she's gone through a lot of health shit. Like Leah Spencer is not, uh, she is a fucking fighter the stuff she's going through where she's got a pick line in her fucking chest and you know she's got to just fight but I called her and I just said hey you know you've always offered me a place to stay I just need to get past this summer she's like god damn it get the fuck out here how it took you long enough <laughs> she's I've been saying this for 16 years and god damn it get the fuck out here you stubborn motherfucker She's got you pegged. Yeah, she does. <laughs> so she was on it. So she sent me a video yesterday. She's all, "Here's your room." She got it at first. Kathy, I'll say it was tr- it was crazy because it's like you know I don't want to be around kids, but she's got a kid, you know, and it's good kid. And I've known the kid since it was born, and I I mentor them both in Pokemon Go, so it's you know they they know you know we have a a structure. And, but she's like, well, you'll stay in her room because, you know, she just stays in my room. And I'm like, that is 
because she knows me. She knows the show. She knows what I do and everything. And I'm like, that is a line for me. I'm like, it's one thing if I'm staying in Bunny's room and there's stuffies and stuff like that. Then it's like DDLG and it's like, oh, you know, oh, that's sexy because it's, you know, Bunny who is an adult woman. Right. May I stress adult woman? And then you can get your head around the rope. But this is a real fucking kid's room with stuffies right. and fucking glitter and shit like that. And I'm like, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just too much. So she literally in one day gutted the room and, and sent me a video. And literally the room was completely cleared of wow. everything. And, and she says, here it is already for you. Get the fuck out here. <laughs> that's that's a friend yeah so uh, pretty the problem is kathy Uh-oh. and i know i'm going on about this because for the last 11 months i've lived in my car and in the last three or four months since the pandemic kicked up everything shut down and it amped up the shittiness of living in a car times five right to where there's nowhere to go there's no relief there's 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 nothing every i can't even it i won't even it got bad Mm -hmm. and i started getting to where i was literally losing you know i come on the show ha 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 um but literally my entire fabric there was no hope there was blah 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 so I'm like, I got to do something, you know? And so I know the listeners, uh, I know we lost listeners over it, you know, cause it was too real. And I talked about it in the last show. Um, and I'm like, I got to do something because, you know, I owe it to myself to not die, you know, because of this. And mm-hmm. I owe it to the listeners because they've been so strong behind us, you know? Right. And so I'm like, I can't, you know, I hate asking for help, but, you know, I just, I had to do it. You've reached a limit. I, I, I had to do it. I mean, it, it was, I, I, you know, yeah. I stay in a four story parking garage and every day I longingly am looking over the side and, you know, this isn't high enough kind of thing. You know, I'm probably end up just going to be crippled. And, you know, it's just, you know, this day in and day out of that. And I'm like, I can't do it. I got to I got to do a show. And if I'm going to live, then I got to live. And I know, you know. Yeah. So there's the drama. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be excited that I'm at least for a few months, just at least to get past the the heat in the summer here and be in a place and be able to take a shower. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, and of course being able to help out, you know, Leah Spencer and the kid and, and, uh, force them into the car to go and do pokey runs, um, which will be fun. So, well, I, I, I know, uh, a a lot of people have been worried about you. Uh, not, not, you know, the listeners, I know that Mia was very worried. It's, it's a, you're going through a tough time and, and we're just sitting here on the sidelines watching it. Those of us who care about you not being able to help in any way because none of us are in a position to offer that help. And so 
uh, that's a tough situation to be in. Not, not, I'm not saying that it's tougher than yours, but it's, it's agonizing. And to see that someone was able to reach out to you and help you, it's, it's a tremendous relief knowing that our friend is at least for a couple months, not going to be suffering. Yeah. I'm uh it's, it's a weird thing. I mean, I'm try. I gotta, there's all these logistics cause I want to go now, you know, because every day is just not good. And, but my car sometimes doesn't start and sometimes doesn't start for a couple hours. And it's like, it's the middle of summer. And now I'm like, I, I don't have a place to park the car for a couple months. So if I can't find that in the next day or so, then I got to try to limp the car out there. I was going to rent a car and then try that, but we'll, you know, we'll see there's, there's stuff because it's like literally Mew did the, the temperature map and I got to drive through Arizona, New Mexico, and then all the way through Texas, which is not a small state. It is massive. And so it's like a 21 hour drive, which isn't bad, but it's just, it's in summer. Nothing is open. So I can't just pull over during the heat of the day and, uh, you know, fucking just hang out in a McDonald's or work on the show or something like that. So it's like some logistics that I'm still working out. And if I can find a place to crash the car for, cause I was going to go out there and buy the car. They have a lot of people that have cars. And so I would get a more reliable car out there and then drive that back in like the end of October. So, right. so still figuring it out. My car just died in a parking lot a half hour ago. And let me know that this might not be the best idea to try to take this car out in the middle of the summer. So we'll see. (laughs) And then you're about to drive. And I'm about 1500 miles through, you know, 110 degree fucking thousand miles of that, you know, so you'll see me on the side of the road, fucking half eaten by coyotes. (laughs) Great. You know, he didn't make it to Texas, but God damn it. Oh my god. He tried. Yes, he did. Post topic. Does a pussy taste like eggplant? Random topic now. All right. So we were talking, you and I, the other day about the hero complex, or also known as do we really need to rescue everybody? And I know that you and I both have strong (laughs) views about this. But the hero complex versus do we really need to rescue everyone, that's two sides of the same coin. The hero complex would be somebody uh, who feels the need to rescue everyone and others feeling the need to be rescued. Sure, sure. So you've talked actually quite a bit about the hero complex because you've said that you have a touch of that. I have had a massive amount of the hero complex. I was all hero complex to the point of being a misogynist, um, an active misogynist, Uh, maybe ignorant, but still my actions were such that every woman needed not just a man, but me to save them. Because obviously everyone had to be protected. Everyone had to go through a certain pattern of vetting and protection to make sure they were okay. And it was all kind of, you know, they needed the rescue. They needed me 
to be the prince that came in on the horse. They needed me to be the savior. And of course, in some cases, we do need help. I needed Leah Spencer to save my fucking ass and give me a place to to be before I disintegrated. There is nothing wrong with needing help sometimes. There's nothing wrong with needing help from your family. There's nothing wrong with needing help uh, from a loan or, you know, education or any number of things. We are a society and there are different times where we need different things. And I'm not talking about that. Because you bring up a good point that there there is a point beyond which it it becomes a hero complex. But it goes into something unhealthy. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. That there is, it is good to be the, it is good sometimes to step in and be a helper and it is okay to sometimes need help. But if both cross that line, it then becomes not only negative for you and negative for the other person, it absolutely deteriorates society. And that's my opinion. Well, I'm curious to, as to why you would call that misogynistic, because I'm looking up the definition of misogynistic, and it says strongly prejudiced against women. Um, I don't think that you wanting to help someone beyond possibly a state where they don't need it could be considered misogynistic. Well, the you said strongly prejudiced against women. My definition of prejudice is that you are prejudging someone that they are a certain way because you have a certain stereotype in your head about that person, that race, that religion, kind of, you know, like stereotypical. I mean, obviously we know all the stereotypes of different races and, and things like that. Um, so my, my prejudice towards women was that all women need me. That was my prejudgment of them when in fact, almost zero women need me. And if some of them at certain points needed me, then that was just human to human. I I have some skills or something to offer a person, not just a woman, and that may benefit them and help take them through. But I brought it to the point to where, obviously, because I was constantly trying to control all of my part. And I still have a lot of struggles with that. I'm a very controlling person. I'm just fucking super Nazi control. Um, Maybe it's, I say it's in a good way, but there are points where you're like, you're not, you're treating this person as inferior because you're trying to control them. And that's where I thought it, 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 it tipped into misogyny. Well, that's fine. But, you know, again, you're you're going to hate me for this, but I'm looking up the definition of prejudice. And it is it's not just a preconceived opinion. It's a preconceived opinion that isn't based. And I'll say that again, is not based on reason or actual experience. So that is willful denial. If you say, despite all evidence to the contrary, all women need me, then you're being prejudiced. Uh-huh. But if in your experience or in your opinion, you've seen that, I don't know, uh, a majority of women that you've met do need a certain amount of attention from you or, or, or the ones that you've been in relationships with do need affection and and they enjoy that and they thrive on it. That's not being prejudiced. Do we need do you need someone like this to save? Is it my job to save? Well, then then now we're is, talking about the other end, right? It's somebody who feels they need to be saved. They want to make sure 
that somebody walks around them with, you know, pillows and padding to make sure that they have their safe spaces and, and nobody's ever triggered and uh, everyone is in having a good time and nobody's having a negative time and don't, and certainly don't offend them. Right. So that's the, that's the other coin part of uh, a side of the coin of the hero coin is, is the people who actually feel they need to be rescued. And that they need everyone to protect them. Exactly. And that they owe, that society owes them that protection. That's, and yeah, that's, I mean, you have a lot to say when it comes to hero complex. And I, I've always felt very strongly on that other side of the argument. And I, I believe very strongly that people need to take responsibility for themselves. And, and the thing is, if you're somebody who has had um, trauma in their life, that who has had a difficult time and you hear somebody like me say, everybody needs to take responsibility for themselves and stop waiting for someone else to rescue them. You will immediately take offense at what I just said, because you will completely take it personally and say, why is this bitch telling me that I am not entitled to wanting some kind of relief from the trauma that I've experienced? And that's absolutely not what I'm talking about. But I do believe that especially in the times we're living in right now, people go way overboard in demanding that the space around them be safe, uncomplicated, and inoffensive. Sure. And that's going to make me an asshole. I I think a lot of people would not agree with me. Yeah. uh, No, only the people that want everything to be soft and fluffy, which I (laughs) I don't mind that people want soft and fluffy. The path of least resistance is part of human nature. That's how we have invented all of the stuff, the necessity to make our lives more comfortable and easier and less hard. We have from televisions to cell phones to planes to bottled water to all of these things Everything that we have created as a species, most of which is now just fucking pollution, is to create, which is kind of symbolic of the point. And we are dedicated, most of us, to finding the path of least resistance and how to make it more comfortable. So it it doesn't shock or offend me that people just keep going into extremists, that they want it to be everything and then when they have a kid they're like i want my kid to have the perfect soft edges because i didn't have the perfect soft edges so i'm going to work extra hard now that we have all this new motivation to make everything and cancel culture and make everything soft and nobody gets offended anymore and we're not going to deal with how to not be offended and to not take it personally we're going to actually stop the bullies from actually even being able to say anything to us because anything that hurts us is that that doesn't that's not path of the least resistance. Right. So I understand. But we also have to understand that that is an unrealistic bubble and right now with this pandemic. Right. We're finding out that that bubble is going to pop no matter how hard you protest against people that offend you shit's gonna happen we're seeing that in the kink community too when you demand a lot of safe spaces when you demand a lot of 
very safe play that doesn't offend anybody. That's a difficult thing to give people when, when some people want to do, let's say, race play, uh, and and that offends other or people. Or rape play or any number of things. Exactly. And once again, we are getting into these are all areas that are subjective and vague based on the individuals on whether they can handle them. Do I personally do race play? I do not. I can't handle that. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't do it. Do I do rape play? Yes, I do. Do I do dark age play? Yes, I do. Do I do certain? There are certain types of play that I will do in certain places that I don't. And I believe as long as this is something that my consenting partners and I have negotiated and it works out to our benefit for that equally, then I'm okay with people doing whatever they do. Right. Within the realms of obviously legality and, and mental, you know, there are some benchmarks. Right. I mean, uh, which is funny because in the King community, the one of the reasons most of us are, are like being here so much is that it is meant to be edgy and skirt what most people would consider. Yeah, we're not going to go that far. And here we are embracing it and absolutely, absolutely having a great time doing it. And I always found it weird that this need to create safe spaces was infiltrating our community. That doesn't mean that you can't make yourself a space in which you feel good. There's, we've, there have been parties in our area where it's, it's primarily for new people so that they feel safe. If you want to create a, a, a party, a pro private party in which this specific, specific kinds of plays are not, uh, play are not allowed, that's absolutely fine. But to try and create every space that you walk into in kink, whether it's a, a, a munch or a, or a class or a play party, to be not triggery and make sure there's a safe space and make sure there's a place that people can go to if they're just taking in too much, I, I think that's unreasonable. Not only is it unreasonable, but it's also uh, it's a dick move. If you go into a gangbang, and I've dealt with this as rental chair and and you know, things like that. I dealt with situations that blew up where a renter was having a gangbang party. This is a gangbang. This is a sex party. People are going to jerk off. <laughs> and somebody literally loses their shit that people at that party that they did not ask the host the exact nature of every detail of the party. And they got completely freaked out that dudes walked up and jacked off next to their scene and screamed at them and went to the party host and said, this is wrong. You can't do it. And he said, this is the party you, you paid to come in. This is what it is. <laughs> we're not going to create we're not going to stop this party that is a gangbang party <laughs> for you <laughs> because you all of a sudden decide in the middle of this gangbang party that you don't like gangbangs right and now it's a, it's incumbent on you to leave the situation because you're yes that is the personal responsibility part did you ask about the party 
Did you ask the host, hey, what goes on in this party? Now, one surely if the host misleads you or tells you lies about what the party is, and then there's things at the party that they lied to you and told you weren't going to be there and they were there, that is, I believe that's an issue. I think that's a dick move sure. on the host part. Yeah. But if you don't do your due diligence to find out what that party is, you, you have – that's your fucking fault. Right. You know, and and this is where we get into, you know, maybe some communities they don't have like Los Angeles um, where they can they have the ability to have 10 different types of parties. But you said something that was very interesting before when you talked about uh, fuck, what was it? The creating the safe space parties and stuff like fuck. Mm -hmm. Damn it. The, The newbie parties. Yeah. The newbie parties is. The newbie parties, I have a lot of problems with when they say this is for all newbies um, and not that it's for all newbies. Okay, let me let me try to reword this. It's going to be messy. Okay, go with me on this. I'll go with you. This is that kind of assumption that everybody that is new, and I've heard this a lot from a lot of very protective, hero-y people like I used to be more of. That every new person is so fragile that they need to go to a non-spanking party where you just meet and greet and you talk about your feelings and you have a name tag and you just share, but there's no play. And every new person should go to that so they can feel comfortable and not be threatened. And I'm I, taking it by your tone of voice that you disagree with that. I call straight fucking bullshit because I've had women walk into that club and walk up to me and said, you know, talk to them for five minutes. And they're like, so are we going to do some shit? Because I'm an adult and I've thought about it and I'm educated and I read a bunch of shit. And can we do some shit? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. And they're like, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah. Can you put something in my ass? I lit- Oh, that was one of the best moments in my entire play career. <laughs> I remember she was awesome. Like she was so excited. And she we were doing all these things. And she liked what was happening. And she was an adult. And she just goes, can you put something in my ass? Like that excited. And I was like, yes, I can. Look at you, adult, advocating for yourself. But here's where you and I are going to differ, because the way you were describing a new party primarily geared toward new people in the community was highly negative. And I don't see anything wrong with saying, hey, I'm putting together this party. Uh, It's primarily meant for new people. If you're having an issue, you know, with nervousness or fears this might be a good party because the way I'm going to gear it toward new people is I'm going to have an orientation at the beginning where you guys can ask your questions. And then we're going to have a show and tell in these three rooms. And uh, we're going to do that. If you feel like coming, come along. What's wrong with that? That was not, if that is the way it came off, then I apologize to everyone that already hates me now for what I just said. (laughs) Uh, That was not my intention, (laughs) which is a lot of people. What I was talking, all four of them, (laughs) what I was talking to, was the people that are the leaders that say every person needs this. Well, what That's leaders what are I saying, saying that? 
I've had a lot. I have had a lot of people that talk about, oh, it's if they do this, you know, it, it's just so coddly. It's just what I used to do. That just, oh my I, god, you're new. You can't speak for yourself. You don't know. You're stupid. You're fucking stupid. I don't think you're in a good frame of mind to be having this conversation because I'm not. I've why, seen. Why it. is that the subtext be, beneath every person who wants to put on a new person's party? Why? No, why no, no. That, that is that's not what, what it is. I'm talking about individuals that I've seen and individuals that I have been that assume that every single person is the same and has the same needs and has the same frailty and needs that protection when it's a lie. I have since in my time in this lifestyle met a lot of people, both men, women, trans, not whatever you want to fucking call everyone that are self advocating that thought about this before they came into it, that know what consent is, that know that they're going to have a conversation with somebody that they don't need the fucking kitty gloves. So to assume that that those people who don't need it, are that there are people who would tell them, oh, no, 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 dear, I'm yes. sorry, but you're wrong. Yes. You do need I it. I have seen whole communities of people do that. I haven't, but okay. God, well, I don't want to be anywhere, anywhere near. <gasps> no, you fucking play. I did. Yes, I did. <gasps> you evil, evil motherfucker. One of us plays a lot, and the other one just kind of fucking talks shit and doesn't play a lot. Where in your parking lot? Is that where you play? Whatever. Oh, Oh, you know what? (laughs) I fucked Mew with a shower curtain before she left. Cheap 99 cent store shit. (laughs) I could have. (laughs) I had to cancel a a date with Bunny because I really have to leave. (laughs) Oh. I wanted to Sad. see her one more time because I'm going to be gone for a couple months, and and but it was going to be in the car, and the car stinks, and I stink, and I'm not going to, I where do I I got to, I know, plus I got to go, so yeah. I could have, no I could have, <laughs> you're, you're like I could have, totally could have. <laughs> There's girls that want me. I play more than you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I make yeah, less ex- I make less excuses than you. I think is what I was saying. But there's <laughs> more ice cream sandwiches over here than over at your place. Touche, Catherine. <laughs> Touche. I have no. <laughs> I can see the point. <laughs> I can see the point you make. I have several. Cero ice cream sandwiches. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Take a deep breath in with me, Enigma. And exhale. We have now creeped upon our perverted podcast (laughs) listeners. Yes, We we have have now heavy breath. Have you ever done that? Did you ever used to do that when you were young and talk to girls and then you masturbate on the phone and pretend that you're not? I, I haven't done that. I, I do work for haunted houses pretty regularly, so I do I get paid to do that. To like to masturbate in... onto onto people to, when they're not suspecting? No, to breathe in their ear. And, oh, okay. And and creep them out, yes. It's a, it's a big difference between masturbating on people at a haunted house right, and right. getting paid I, I, for it. I just masturbate later. Thinking about breathing on them. Yes, yes. That that is good. So you get a kind of a rush out of scaring them. I do. Yeah, it's the month of October is usually my like mind fuck like expression for those thirty days. 
<laughs> you get to take out your entire year of aggression on people. Oh goodness! Like the the, the, the couple couple weeks after Halloween, like I have to like re reset so I'm not actively trying to creep people out because I've just gotten I, so into it. <laughs> Uncle Creepy used to talk about stuff like that too. He used to do a lot of the uh, a lot of the Halloween haunt acting. But that mm-hmm. is literally like four months away, and it might not even happen. <laughs> and it might, yeah, you're probably not going to happen this year. Um, so you're just going to have to be creepy in your own creative way online. Here we are to creep out our listeners with news from around the world. Some creepy, some not. <laughs> have you been doing okay, Enigma? I've been doing all right. Yeah. Um, so some days are better than others, but been spending a lot of time on Zoom, chatting with people, um, have a couple of one-on-one friend dates planned in the next few weeks. So like I'll get some interaction with people. So that'll definitely help. Oh, so you're actually going to have physical dates or, oh my God, that is a great ass that just walked by my car. Oh, <laughs> Hang on a sec. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. I'm outside of Staples right now, and you're talking about getting some, and I'm like, oh, my God. But I have to hold up my thumb to cover her obstacle. Mm-hmm. There. He mm-hmm. he doesn't exist now. When I yeah. refer to a woman and her obstacle, I'm referring to a couple. Yes, yes, I, I got that. Yeah, the obstacle is getting in my way. So sometimes, <laughs> if they're not looking directly at me, I hold up my thumb and I cover the dude and close one eye, and then I can just observe the beauty of the the, the lady. Fair enough, fair enough. Enigma, <laughs> we have some stories from around the world. A couple of them I'm really excited about. Why don't you let's get into that? All right, let's get into that. The first article is called Sex Machines, Love in the Age of Robots. This is from the website NPR.org. The article is talking about a new book by author Kate Devlin called Turned On, Science, Sex, and Robots. The book is basically covering the evolution of sex dolls as they have become more robotic over recent years. And this includes prototyping models with even some AI or artificial intelligence involved. So like these are... Yes, yes. (laughs) Now it's getting good. I'm sorry, go on. No, 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 it's fine. It's definitely exciting. Uh, she talks about how we as humans have a lot of expectations when it comes to how people should be. And if they don't fit our checklist, they don't belong. So that's she's talking about how a lot of people just get rejected because they're they're not what our our upbringing or, or how we view the world are supposed to be. So right, right, right. But why can't we turn to robotics? When why can't people turn to robotics if if this if that's the way that they can get they can be happy and that's why they can get satisfied. So it's a, it's a pretty simple article, but I think it's a really interesting. Um, the, the book is definitely interesting to me about how just how robotics has developed in the recent years to move t- towards um, sexual advancements. And uh, it was actually talking about this earlier uh, today or yesterday, how like film, pr- film production, a lot of film production has actually followed in the steps of porn. Like DVD wasn't really used a lot until porn used it for a while, proved that it was, success- it was successful, and then mainstream movies started to use DVDs more. So in a lot of ways, porn kind of advances our te- techno- technology faster than mainstream um, tech. So I just thought that arc was really interesting, and that idea is interesting. So what you're saying, Enigma, if I'm following you correctly, is that eventually in the next Spider-Man or Marvel hero movie... You're going to see sex dolls 
fucking and fighting Transformers. I mean, that's going to be hot. If that's the case, if you are correct in that mainstream is following porn, that would be a movie I would want to see. I mean, you could definitely reach out to Wood Rocket. They're the big production company that makes uh, the porn parodies. I'm sure they would make trans that. boners. There you go. That's thinking. Uh, like they do. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can do on short notice. That's no, really- no, no. I like that. Trans boners is good. Yeah. We'd have to kind of think through that. <laughs> that is very exciting. I mean, this is a great topic, and I think we have touched on this on the show a little bit to where there's going to be the two camps. There's obviously the camp that's like you're dehumanizing sexual relationships, but we've been doing that for a long time. People have been masturbating and using vibrators and toys and sexual aids that are not looking directly into the eyes of their partners while shedding tears and cuddling their hair and telling how beautiful and loving they are, which is fucking creepy as fuck, by the way. (laughs) We have been using enhancements for our sexuality. We've also been using a lot of escapes. We have movies. We have books. We have poetry. We have entertainment. Things that people do by themselves to be with themselves. Right. So this is just, it doesn't make it wrong or right just because now people are exploring their sexuality in ways that excite them and engage them and it is true that yes if we build everything to just be a robot and we only do that then of course we're going to detach but we're already detaching without robots with sexual artificial intelligence we're already detaching on our fucking tweets and we're already detaching thumb fucking our phone all day long this is a natural progression. Uh, I was thinking about how, like, in, I think it was China, they're having t- uh, issues with a lot of their, the men in their country uh, going towards, like, just online relationships instead of in-person relationships. And so their their population is actually going down because men aren't going out and having sex because they are satisfied with their online relationship. So I know that, that that fear is very much existent, but there's still people having sex. There's still kids popping out. But it's just not as much as we're as we're wanting, I guess. And so it's going against those norms that have been developed over decades. And so that's maybe scaring people uh, away from that sort of technology. Well, I think you're going to you're never going to have any government, any corporation, or any religion promote anything that takes away from increasing the population, because obviously your economy is based on the population increasing all stocks are based on future sales so obviously no corporations are going to say yeah we should moderate the pop you know the population and and start downsizing because that would destroy the economy and then of course countries aren't going to be as strong religions aren't going to be as strong so you're not going to hear a lot of people ever come out and say from leadership it's okay if you don't have babies right we're just not going to hear that But the reality is, is that people are discovering that the complications of these relationships, I mean, the divorce rate is, you know, what, 60 percent. And, you know, people are realizing that we don't have to martyr ourselves in relationships if we're not good at relationships. And we surely don't have to have children if we don't want to have children or we're not going to be capable of being a good parent to a child which why would you want a parent that doesn't want the kid anyway right so i think 
there's going to be those challenges and you're going to have that pushback and you're going to have concerted efforts by the people in power who want to keep that population boom going. They're going to try to constantly judge and say that these things are bad when in fact your happiness is your happiness. Right. And I'm not going to stop talking to real women because I enjoy the randomness. I enjoy the fact that I don't understand them. I enjoy that there are things that I need to understand. If somebody is in a way that they can't handle the fact that another person is different from them, by all means, be a loner, get a sex doll, program it how you want and live your life and don't hurt people. Right. I would much rather that than some guy hate women and be aggressive and negative towards women because they're not doing what he wants. Just give him the fucking doll and let him go off and be happy. Exactly. Yeah. I like that topic. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next article. Um, this one's called Lockdown Sex with Household Items Doesn't Have to Be Dangerous. This comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be. But it can be. Uh, this comes from the New York Post. Their website is nypost.com. So as we all know, especially if you listen to this podcast, being locked down as we all are has forced people to get uh, creative with sexual gratification. Just last month, there were over 23,000 Google searches for homemade sex toys just in the UK. The most common objects being uh, used are cucumbers, electric toothbrushes, and candles. And the mm-hmm. article does warn against the use of <clears throat> sharp edges because you don't need sharp edges inside. And not having a flared bottom and not being able to get a hold of it and having it be something that gets stuck. And then you got to go to the ER to get that removed. There's a lot of things. There are safer toys. Dr. Doe on Sexplanation's YouTube channel has a fantastic, for men, has a fantastic video tutorial Mm -hmm. on like, 17 different types of male masturbator sex toys, either using balloons or a surgical glove wrapped uh, backward. I mean, I made it. I tried it and it, and it works okay. It works pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really into toys, but it, you know, I got to try it, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I, so, I've used that before too. Sure. I guess they call them fifis or something like that, where you, yeah, like you that, make yeah. your own basic vagina. And there's a billion different ways to do it. I think, and we've talked about this before. That this is an exciting time to really get to know yourself, that we can get away from, oh, you're not supposed to masturbate. So obviously, if you use any enhancements to masturbate, like a sex doll with -hmm. artificial intelligence or fleshlights or dildos or toys, I think we're getting past that, don't you? Oh, yeah, I, I think we've definitely, especially during the last few months, like people have started being more open like the fact that there were there was an article about how to masturbate in the new york times and how to do it safely and how to like basically go to a glory hole to get gratification like i never thought i'd see that kind of thing in a newspaper and i think a lot of people are talking about how COVID has changed a lot of things and i definitely think people being more open about their their sexual and physical needs is definitely something that has happened over the last just the last four or five six months i agree and by the way Shower curtain sex. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. What can I say (laughs) except you're welcome, world? It works. Mm -hmm. And it was hot. And there's a picture up on our FetLife page. 
Yes, there is. That uh, you can see the glory. A couple other tips that they have. Uh, be sure to cover anything homemade, if you can, with a condom. Uh, for one, it'll help keep it and you clean. And if it's just a little bit too janky, the condom will help hold it together so nothing gets <clears throat> lost inside of you, as we were just talking about things getting lost. Um, you don't want to end up on a blog for what was found inside of your ass. Because <laughs> there are there are whole blogs about what ER, like you were talking about, what ER doctors have found uh, it lost inside of people's assholes and vaginas. So I'm telling you, I just want to push that envelope. Like mm-hmm. I've talked about walking into that ER if I ever started getting into ass stuff and I lost something to just walk <laughs> in with ownership. Like if I lost something up my ass and I had to go to the ER, first I'm going to kick in the door and be like, hey, got freaky with myself. You got to take something out of my ass. I might even go as far as to put some little gag things inside my ass. They're already going to go in there and get out the thing, right? Right, right. So might as well just put up like some little Jesus figurines or something like that up my ass. So when they pull it out and then look at their faces, <laughs> just to see, God, that would be entertaining. I really don't, I don't connect with butt stuff that much. But if I do, I may have to work on it just so I can have an accident, go to the ER and see if I can get a good reaction out of the. I mean, you definitely have to film that. <laughs> or record that in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Be great. Okay. So the the last article uh, is this Netflix film explores the mom and pop store that was a gay porn oasis. This can be found on the website i i-d.vice.com. And this is about a documentary on Netflix that talks about this very unassuming sex shop that was here in LA called Circus of Books. Circus um, of Books, an institution. Yes, it was. Um, and, the, and the documentary gets, obviously, into a lot more detail. I, I definitely encourage people to go watch it. It's on Netflix right now. And it's actually made by the daughter of the two owners, Karen and Barry, and which they which allowed her to get a lot, lot deeper of access than a lot of articles have covered over the years. And this, pl- this place created this very welcoming, homely environment for people to come and their, explore their sexuality despite the threat of a government shutdown. Like, there was a lot of... Uh, you know, oppression towards the sex and gay community that this this store and the, this couple just kind of like pushed through pretty pretty um, valiantly. If you're watching the documentary, um, well, they even ex- I mean the the original isn't the original story of this place from folklore. You know, because we live in Los Angeles, so we know of circus of books. Right, is that they like years and years, decades ago, they were maybe struggling a little financially or changing business or something, and they just kind of happened into gay porn not just all porn it was gay porn yes. this was a gay porn. Yeah. so it was a cute little jewishy married couple and they're like well i guess we're gonna sell gay porn and in and instead of you know making it all kind of porn industry looking it was like it really looked very mom and poppy oh very it much did, so it it didn't look like the hustler store or something you know it was just a very down to earth welcoming place and at the time you know obviously gay porn 30 years ago was like completely completely taboo and and oh, evil yeah. well and, being gay was taboo and evil well absolutely so yeah. the fact that this store was like you know just there created mm-hmm. such an environment it really is i do want to watch uh, i do want to watch the documentary i've read a, a bunch of different articles on these people and uh, 
very exciting. I mean, really, just a cute. I mean, if you want to say it's, it's just a really cute story. It is, and like uh, the it's it's the even the documentary gets into this very. Uh, it, it goes into like what what Stonewall happened and how like the AIDS crisis affected their store, sure, and just like the differences of scenes about what what because as you were talking about Circus of Books was kind of the epicenter of the gay scene on the West Coast, and so yeah, how how the difference of West Coast versus East Coast um, they talk about that quite a bit. Um, unfortunately, the store is no longer open. It closed uh, early last year, uh, but. I, I, I did, like I said, I did watch it, and it's such a—it's a very sweet story. The couple that runs it are so unassuming and loving towards their community. You'd never guess that they ran a hardcore gay sex shop, like, or <laughs> produced hardcore gay porn. Like, it just—they—you never would have guessed it. Um, and they—they they approached, they approached it the store like you would run any kind of store. Like, they when a part of the documentaries, they actually go to one of those sex shop supply conventions almost. And just like the, the mom going through the sales floor and just like being this grumpy old woman going through like dildos and stuff. And be like, no, I don't want that. No, I want that. I want that. No one's going to like size. that. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, it was not very... everyone's into sparkles. You motherfucker. Some of them want girth. These boys want girth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's very beautiful. Um, and I thought it was very like near the end they start talking about how like the store served a very important pur- purpose for a good 30 40 years and so now that it's no longer needed like it's it, it was kind of it's time to close it was like it's it, it's not it's, it wasn't needed to be kind of a haven for the the gay culture like it was 40 years ago so it's it's just a very beautiful story very cool enigma if people want to get a hold of us at perverted podcast or send us suggestions for other stories help you out when you're out digging for uh, world news where yes. are they going to go if you want to find us on the interwebs you can go to our website that's www.pervertedpodcast.com you can find us on instagram at perverted podcast you can find us on twitter at perverted pcast and you can look us up on fetlife your perverted podcast there's both a group and a page fantastic well enigma I must now go off into the world of... Oh, here's the same chick with that ass. She's walking by again. Oh, she's kind of got an uppity face, but I don't care. Just wait. She walks by. Oh, she's got the badunka dunk in the ass. It, like, goes to the side. Kung, 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 kung. Like like, like a Pixar. Wait, gotta block the obstacle. Wait. She has, has like, a Pixar butt. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was pretty. Like all the moms in Pixar. Yeah. I guess I'm going (laughs) to sit here now and... Just watch. <laughs> it's a better view than I got. Good to be a creeper. It is. I'll see you next time, Enigma. All right. See you next time. Yeah! Tonight we end show 268 and say bon voyage to Count Boogie and hope his adventures lead him to saner pastures. And personally, I'd like to say to my friend Boogie, I'm glad you'll be getting a much needed reprieve from the stressful year you've had. Please know that I'm just on the other side of the phone or a Zoomy session away. Write to Boogie at PervertedPodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to visit us on Patreon.com forward slash PervertedPodcast. Thank you, Kathy. And uh, I just want you to know that there's probably maybe anywhere from a day to two days, three days before I leave on my journey. So if you wanted to give me a goodbye hand job, 
I that knew would be it. something logistically we could pull off just I to make sure that you feel good. Laid money down on when the words goodbye hand job were going to come into the conversation. You, you and Native Explorer are so easy to predict. We are your path of least resistance, Kathy. We are <laughs> We are your path of least resistance men. Oh shit, he's coming towards me right now. He just heard me. He's oh, coming. No. He's all you have called. No, no, no. no! Oh, he's <laughs> grabbing my boobs. He Here's just stuck my his boobs. hands in my shirt. He's Here. grabbing my boobs. He's grabbing the boobs and now he's like, "You will now jack off my cock. You will now <laughs> suck my cock." Creative Explorer, stick your dick in her mouth on the show. He can't hear you, thank God. Stick your, stick your dick in our mouth! <laughs> no. Stick it in the mouth! I'm Please write us a, Please write us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to ask for your listener questionnaire so we can have you on for a listener segue. It's going really great. Stick your dick in her mouth! Stop it! Doesn't matter how loud you scream, he's not going to hear you and you'll just get a sore throat. <laughs> we gotta try! We gotta try! People around the world rely on therapy and religion to, like, help them cope when things are bad or when people hurt and kill them. But, like, that's too much stuff to remember. And most religions are lame. So when life poops in my sunroof, I call up my friends and say, Let's go get a pedicure, cause sometimes life can suck. Let's go get a pedicure, and then we'll go and drink margaritas. My friend Jessica's boyfriend is ugly, and he treats her just like crap. He doesn't care about her feelings. It's like he's totally not interested. He won't put his mouth on her poonanner. And he calls her dumb and fat. Oh my god. So I hired an ex-inmate to butt rape him. And I took her by the hand and sang. Let's go get a pedicure. Cause sometimes life can suck. Let's go get a pedicure, and then we'll go and drink margaritas. Cause a pedicure makes your toes look cute. You deserve to be pampered, and it feels real good. A pedicure can fill you with hope. A pedicure should be blessed by the Pope. Eat Pluribus Unum. The president gave a speech today about the budget crisis and, like, war. So I drove to the White House, hopped the fence, and kicked in the Oval Office door. I said it's obvious what we're doing's not working, and we need an ingenious plan. So before the CIA tackled me, I saluted our flag and sang to the president. Let's go get a pedicure, cause sometimes life can suck. Let's go get a pedicure, and then we'll go and drink margaritas.
Totally. Pedicure, pedicure, pedicure. Ugh. Pedicure, pedicure, pedicure. I know. Pedicure, 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 pedicure. Olay!